Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. If you're a seeker, Don't miss the inspiring book, Shamanic Awakening, Between the Dark and the Daylight. This remarkable work chronicles shamanic counselor and indigenously trained dream decoder, Sander Cochran's 35 years of experience with diverse wisdom keepers throughout the Americas. Sandy's initiations across the British Isles, Turkey, Greece, and Egypt, combined with her knowledge of symbology, psychology, and myth, influence her dream blog and workshops. Sandy offers private readings, Sacred International Journeys, a meditative CD, and her book, Shamanic Awakening, to encourage you as you navigate your earthwalk and create a deeper connection to yourself. Find this and more at her website, starwalkervisions.com. A vast universe exists within and beyond our reality. What we realize with our five senses is but a tiny fraction of all that is real. Welcome to the World Beyond Radio Show. I'm Joe Wegent, your guide and advocate as we remove the blinders of our everyday lives and experience together all that exists out there in the world beyond our world. Welcome to the show today, folks. We have a very special guest today. We are going to be talking this hour with Joshua Warren. Joshua uh, has a uh, he has grown up in Asheville, North Carolina, and currently resides in Puerto Rico. Joshua is a investigator who pioneers in uh, the amazing relationship between mind, energy, matter, and strange phenomena. He owns the Asheville Mystery Museum and Laboratory in North Carolina, and the Bermuda Triangle Research Base in Puerto Rico. He is the author of over 20 best-selling books, including 
Use the Force, A Jedi's Guide to the Law of Attraction, and The Wishing Machine Workbook that has uh, appeared. He has also appeared on uh, numerous TV programs on the History Channel, Discovery, Nat Geo, Animal Planet, Sci-Fi, TLC, and he has starred on the Travel Channel series Paranormal Paparazzi. He travels the world investigating mysterious phenomena and has made the cover of a science journal in 2004 for lab experiments regarding energy fields in nature related to the Brown Mountain Lights. As the creator of the wildly popular Wishing Machine Project, he has helped thousands of people around the world change their lives in profound ways, manifesting extremely good fortune. To see mind-blowing photos and videos uh, glimpsing into other realms, you can always visit his website at joshuapwarren.com. Josh, welcome to the show today. We are really excited to have you with us. Well, hi, Joe. Thank you so much. It is wonderful to be with you, sir. And the pleasure is on this side of the mic, I can tell you. You have really amassed quite a volume of work over the last several uh, years. What got you started into this line of work? <laughs> well, you know, I was born in Asheville, North Carolina, which is the heart of the oldest mountains in North America. And so I grew up uh, exposed to all these wonderful old legends and and myths and ghost stories and pioneer tales and that kind of thing, which always made me really curious uh, trying to determine fact from fiction. But, you know, there was one thing in particular that happened to my family before I was even born that I I realized made uh, a big impact on me. And uh, it, it occurred in the 1930s. My grandmother on my mother's side was a woman named Virginia Calloway. And her family was uh, actually kind of well off for a while. Uh, they eventually lost their big farmstead. But uh, anyway, they lived mm -hmm. out in this area called Barnardsville. And Virginia was given a really nice gift when she was about 12, 13 years old. She was given a, a camera. And one afternoon, her older brother, who was in his 20s, named Claude, and their father, named Jack, uh, Claude and Jack came back from a small game hunting trip, and she took a picture of the two of them. Uh, it's a classic picture of these two old rugged mountain men standing there holding rabbits and squirrels. And uh, when the picture developed, um, Claude, who was my, my great uncle, did not have a head. I mean, when, when the picture came out, his head was literally just gone that was it was sort of transparent mm. uh and they knew it was weird but they didn't know enough about photography to realize just how weird it was well now one month after that uh claude was sitting on the porch of the farmstead house there reading a copy of his favorite publication western magazine old gunslinger tales and uh at some point uh while he was conversing through an open window with Jack, who was inside fixing lunch for the two of them. And suddenly uh, Jack said something to Claude, and Claude didn't answer. And so Jack walked outside, and uh, here was the copy of Western Magazine on the porch, but Claude was gone, and uh, he thought, oh, that was weird, you know, because lunch is 
almost ready, and well, now it is ready. And uh, he, he he couldn't figure out what happened to Claude. Well, uh, days went by, and they were out there searching in the woods. And, and it's absolutely true, Joe, that my great-uncle, Claude Calloway, was never seen or heard from again. Uh, it was like that he had vanished in the blink of an eye in, in mid-sentence. Uh, this was a big tragedy that affected my family. They never got over it because they never had any kind of closure, of course. And uh, the fact that his fate seemed kind of foretold in this phantom photograph, if you will, one month before, that was... Um, a, a really um, inspiring and motivating mystery for me, and it made me start thinking a lot about the idea of, uh, of spirits and other dimensions and abductions and all that kind of thing. And, and honestly, I that, think that is fascinating. And we're going to have to cut to a break here for just a few minutes. I certainly want to get back to that. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. How would you like to be able to read other people's minds? Well, the next best thing is here. When you know how to read a person's name, you know how the person thinks, feels, and behaves. Each letter in our name holds a key to unlock our true essence. Our name contains both our gifts and challenges in this lifetime. Mnemology Science discovers personality secrets hidden in the placement of the letters of our names, including the first and last impression people remember about us. Sharon shows us how to interpret the arrangement of letters as outlined in her book, Know the Name, Know the Person. Sharon Lynn Wyeth created Mnemology Science after 18 years of research and testing her theories and has supported thousands of people around the world in understanding themselves and others better. You'll enjoy Sharon's unique teachings as she shares her system to learn the gifts behind your given birth name. Even if you don't like your birth name, there are jewels in this book. If you're thinking of changing your name, ready to name your child, or wanting to get along better with others, this is the book for you. If you'd like to improve your relationships and change your life for the better, get the book today, Know the Name, Know the Person, or visit www.knowthename.com. That's www.knowthename.com. Take a step back in time and discover old Florida cuisine at Marsh Landing Restaurant in Felsmere, Florida. Enjoy delicacies such as frog legs, gator tail, catfish, and swamp cabbage, or enjoy the more traditional cuisine such as hand-cut Angus steaks, ribs, and seafood. Join us for breakfast with a southern flair featuring sweet potato pancakes, biscuits and gravy, and much more. Planning a party? Marsh Landing's private dining rooms can accommodate groups from 8 to 80 people. While you visit, enjoy the historic pictures, artifacts, and stories that line the walls. Marsh Landing is truly a unique experience. Marsh Landing Restaurant, 44 North Broadway in historic downtown Felsmere. 
or visit marshlandingrestaurant.com. Marsh Landing, Old Florida cuisine at its best. Welcome back to the World Beyond Radio Show. I'm your host, Joe Wegent. And this hour, we're talking with Joshua Warren, who has been a paranormal and supernatural investigator for years and is a prolific author. When we uh, left to go to break, Joshua, we were uh, talking about the occurrences that happened in uh, some photography that foretold some uh, very extraordinary circumstances. Have you had any other experiences like that that further uh, uh, propelled your curiosity into the the world of the unknown? Well, you know, Joe, uh, when it comes to that kind of disappearance, uh, that particular incident was fairly unique. Uh, but once I started going out and actively doing research, and and, and by the way, I uh, I got a job working for the biggest newspaper in my region uh, when I was 15. I mean, before I could even drive. I mean, I had my mom and dad driving me around and, um, and, and taking me to places where spooky things had happened so I could write articles. At that point, you know, I, I started uh, seeing how interested the people were in some of these articles that I was producing. And um, I, I got more and more serious as time went on about uh, finding these spots that were, were rumored to be haunted or whatever. And I spent about six years of my life doing everything possible to to see a ghost. I mean, I went to every place that I could get access to that was supposedly haunted, and I saw absolutely uh, nothing extraordinary. And I reached a point when I thought, well, maybe some people can see ghosts, and I'm just not one of them. I know maybe <laughs> I don't have the right rods and cones in my eyes or whatever. And then finally, finally all that changed. Um... I was invited to go investigate a house where a college student lived. Uh, her name was Amanda. She had just moved into this old house, and she was uh, on the verge of moving out, actually, because that uh, the day she started moving in, she called 911 because she started seeing this big figure uh, that she thought was somebody uh, who had physically broken into her house. And, and this got more and more extreme, and she, she started seeing these sort of misty forms and stuff uh, floating around. And then what really freaked her out was when she started waking up in the middle of the night, and this misty form was in the, in the bedroom. And then one night she woke up, and it was in the bed, and uh, she left the house at 4 in the morning and called me and said, look, I'm going to move out of this house. And I told her, well, I'm not a ghostbuster. I'm not an exorcist, uh, but I would love to go to your house and just see what I can learn. So the first time I was at her place, I didn't actually see too much, uh, but I know how rare these things are. And so I, I came back a second time, and it was on that second occasion when I was in the attic with another researcher named Rob. Just so happened to be in the attic because I was going around measuring at various spots in the house. And uh, at one point, Rob said, Josh, look. And I turned, and right there between us was this big, blue-gray, misty form 
that was swirling in the air. And I was absolutely dumbfounded. Uh, I'd never seen anything like this before. I reached out and touched it. And when my hand sort of broke the surface of this mist, it was very cold on the inside, and it made the hair on my knuckles stand up. And Rob, who was on the opposite side, he reached out and he touched it. And then the thing started to get dimmer and dimmer, and that's when I realized, oh, crap, I have a camera. You know, this whole time I had a camera around my neck, but I just wasn't even thinking about it. So I snapped a photograph of this thing right before it disappeared, uh, on my website, joshuapwarren.com, there is a section called Gallery of the Strange, and if you click on that, there's a section that's called World's Wildest Ghost Photos, and you'll find that photograph in that collection. And I, I left that house that night, and I thought, you know, I don't know if this is the spirit of a dead person necessarily, but that was something bizarre, and when you see a misty form in an attic, I'm pretty sure that qualifies as a ghost. And that was a, a life altering experience for me. Outstanding. <laughs> I never have a problem doing that because uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a medium. So communicating with them and, and helping them to cross over and all that kind of stuff. It's just not, that just uh, one of the things that I do. So that that's, it's fascinating that you were ever actually able to put your hand, uh, you know, into an apparition like that and actually be physically uh, in contact with it in that way. That's that's fascinating. So, uh, one of the things that you uh, you do talk about is traveling ghosts. Now, explain that to me. Yeah, you know, this is a fascinating concept because. Um, so many people have this idea that a ghost is somehow just attached to a particular spot. Uh, and, and I think that partly comes just from our, our struggle to understand why a place is haunted. Uh, you, you go into a room, you say, well, this is a room where old man Withers died in 1950, whatever. And here's the, and, and, and people think of it as a, a very mechanical thing. Like this ghost is, is attached to this, this spot. And there are, of course, um, scenarios where that is the case. I mean, especially when it comes to these types of ghosts that are imprints or residuals. I mean, those are basically, uh, ghosts that are sort of burned into the environment like uh, like a recording. From, exactly. Yeah, they're like a big IMAX movie, you know, that just replays itself over and over at that particular spot. But when it comes to, to entities, meaning the, the spirits of, of living individuals, something much more complex and nuanced is taking place here than we have, have previously sort of addressed um it's almost like that when when uh, the the spirit of a living person um sort of moves on beyond this physical body it's almost like having a computer that has got some kind of um uh data stored in it and you upload that computer to the cloud and then the computer dies the computer's conked out but the information 
is uploaded into this larger internet, which is kind of like the spiritual realm, basically. And one of the ways that uh, we are, are seeing this uh, manifest is by going to places and finding that sometimes there are spirits that appear at places that uh, may be the spirits of individuals who never were even at that spot when, when the person was alive. Um, this past fall, I was contacted by a friend who said, look, uh, there's a property being renovated right now, and they're having tons of paranormal activity. And a lot of folks listening to your show probably know that, that when, it, when a place is being renovated, it has a tendency to stir up uh, paranormal stuff. Yes, and, it does. Yeah. And, uh, and, and you know, it's funny. I get invited all the time to go and investigate uh, haunted houses that are private. And I can't talk about that on the radio. So I'm always happy when I go to a place that has some public element that I can talk about. And this place, it, for decades it was an old barbecue joint it sat there abandoned the past few years and then they started renovating it to turn it into a new uh european pub and restaurant called the byrish house and pub which is in Asheville, north carolina and um when they started the renovation the employees were scared to death because they started seeing this shadowy figure of a man sitting there in the booths and they started seeing objects flying around in the kitchen and uh, people were getting poked and shoved around the bar and uh, glasses were f flying off the bar and there were cold spots everywhere. And so I, I went there and, and, and everybody said, something horrible must have happened here. Uh, so I, I brought in all my equipment, and sure enough, I was able to document all kinds of bizarre, anomalous, pulsating electromagnetic and electrostatic fields. But uh, I didn't know why this was the case. And I, I hooked up with a good friend of mine, Vance Pollock, who is an amazing historian. And Vance went through the whole history of this property. And uh, he said, Josh, because I got to tell you, because I... I I can't find anything of a dramatic nature that had happened here. He said in 1960, um, this place was built. Before that, it was just wooded land. Uh, it was opened up as a barbecue joint uh, by a man named Gus Cools. And then, uh, you know, he worked here till he died of natural causes. Then his, uh, his family took over and, and they worked there until it went out of business. Vance says, however, said Gus Cools had a, a friend, a colleague, um, whose name was also Gus. And his name was Gus Adler. And he said, Gus Adler had a very different background. He said, Gus Adler was a, well, he was German. He was actually a German Jew which is very notable. I'll explain why in a moment. And Gus Adler came over to Asheville in the 1930s, and he opened up Asheville's first sort of German and European-inspired restaurant called the Heidelberg in this big old building on, on a mountain we now call the Sky Club. And the timing for Gus Adler was really bad because at first his restaurant was doing well, but then... Here we are again, 1930s, as the U.S. got closer and closer to World War II, German stuff became very unpopular. Uh, people would not even eat sauerkraut, you know. Um, and so 
folks started vandalizing his property, and then there was a lot of bad gossip about him, and uh, he was treated so unfairly, eventually he went out of business, and uh, people at that time didn't realize, yeah, maybe he's German, but he's a German Jew, but they didn't understand at that time that, you know, what the significance of that was. They didn't know what was happening to Jews in Germany, so he had a lot of inner turmoil, we can certainly imagine. Mm -hmm. uh, he, he became a severe alcoholic, and one night he went into his little cottage that was near his restaurant, the, the Heidelberg, and uh, he went to, to bed smoking a cigarette. And he nodded off, and when he woke up, the room was on fire. He was breathing in smoke. Uh, he flopped over on his hands and knees and crawled toward the bathroom, probably to get some ventilation, and never made it. They found him crumpled there, dead, on his way to the bathroom, died of smoke inhalation. And do you know, when I started showing people pictures of Gus Adler at the restaurant, they were like, that's the guy. That's the guy we're seeing. That's the ghost. And the more I showed people this, the more they started saying, you know what? They said... When we added in the fire pits out back on the property, that's when we started really seeing the ghostly activity pick up. Uh, there's more to this story, but ah. I know we're coming up on a break. <laughs> yeah, we're getting ready to uh, run off to a break. That is pretty amazing that uh, sometimes those connections like that being made can help uh, spark up new activity in a place that may have uh, you know, lain dormant for a while. Uh, but yes, you are correct. Anytime that you try to do uh, uh, renovations on a place, it tends to stir that up. We're going to run to a uh, quick break here for just a minute, folks. And when we come back, we're going to talk more with Joshua Warren. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. While science pursues fact, magic accesses the quantum level, bridging random facts to form truth. As long as science and magic remain separate and polarized, the truth cannot be known. I'm Gwilda Wiecka. Join me on the Science of Magic radio program, dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. During each episode, I'll be speaking with experienced and respected scientists and mystics. From astrologers to astronomers, from medical doctors to shaman, the scientific method to dowsing and intuition, we'll weave together information from seemingly divergent practices to promote unity and enlightenment. Join me, Gwilda Wiyaka, and the Science of Magic right here on the Mutual Broadcast Network. For more information, visit www.thescienceofmagic.net. Gibbs A. Williams, Ph.D., is a practicing psychoanalyst, supervisor, researcher, and author in New York City. 
Much of his life has been dedicated to understanding nature and the uses of meaningful coincidences or synchronicities. His radical and original non-Jungian, non-mystical, non-magical theory of synchronicities illuminates much of the fog surrounding this challenging and perplexing topic. His ideas and manners are fresh, presented in a style that is both entertaining and highly informative. He is also an expert on crisis intervention specially focused on violence reduction for the police and citizens, mastering anxiety, frustration and stress without the use of medication, and effectively preventing and treating heroin addiction. Dr. Williams can be contacted at his email address at gwwilliamsny11 at aol.com or visit his website at Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone radio show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone broadcast network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. True healing must address four levels, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual, for us to live joyful and productive lives. We tend to treat three of the four, leaving the spiritual languishing. If you're tired of the same dysfunctional patterns cropping up in your life, soul balancing is for you. Trixie Phelps, owner and founder of Soul Balancing, is a naturally gifted energy healer trained in numerous esoteric forms, including shamanism. Trixie has created a powerful modality that safely and effectively clears your energetic field. A soul balancing session can remove interference, heal trauma, and restore your hope. Contact Trixie for a life-changing long-distance session today, www.soulbalancing.world. Welcome back to the World Beyond Radio Show. I'm your host, Joe Wegent, and this hour we are talking to Joshua Warren, who is an author and paranormal investigator. Joshua, you recently held a seance that received a lot of uh, media attention. What was revealed during this seance? <laughs> well, you know, um, the seance was done. Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. 
It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonabello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Right there on this property we were talking about before the break, the Byrish House and Pub, because I thought, well, hey, maybe uh, Gus Adler has some kind of a message if this is the Gus who's haunting the place. Uh because, you know, it, it occurred to me that, well, he tried to open our city's first sort of German and European-inspired restaurant, and it didn't work out. Maybe, even though he might have never visited this particular property in his life, maybe he is coming back to this spot now because that he wants to see in this new day and age how that Asheville's newest attempt at this kind of a, of a restaurant is going to fare. And so, again, getting back to this idea of traveling ghosts. So uh, doing a seance, it, that, that's not the kind of thing, frankly, that I usually do. However, it was getting close to Halloween time. Seemed like a fun idea. And uh, so I went to this place one night, uh, and I have a, a good friend who, her name is Shelly Wright. She's a paranormal investigator. She owns a, a magic shop in Asheville called Nevermore Mystical Arts. And Shelly brought this big, nice, elaborate 3D uh, Ouija board with her made of glass. It was really a beautiful thing. And, you know, usually you think of Ouija boards, you're like, oh, this is just a, a, a kid's game. But really, it's just a tool like any other tool that might be used to tap into one's potentially subconscious sort of psychic impulses. And so we had a big, nice group of people who showed up from all, all over the, the community. Uh, we had a lot of the media there. The ABC affiliate was there for, for television and the all the local newspaper people were there. And we went into this side room with candles lit. It was very traditional. And uh, I, I said, look, uh, I would like to open up uh, this seance to any anybody who wants to come through. And a lot of folks would say, well, good Lord, are you insane, man? You know, that you, you're, you're going to have demons popping out of the woodworks and everything else. But I, you know, I, I did it. I said, look, I'm, I want, I'm here to communicate with anybody who has a message. So I put my, one of my hands on the Ouija board and Shelly put her, one of her hands on the Ouija board and, uh, it began to slide around the planchette there. And, and it went first to the letter O and then it went to the letter H and then, uh, that was it. And it was really weird because it was almost like there was an, uh, an electrical feeling in the planchette, like a, a, a buzzing, vibrating feeling. And so, but, but all we got were two letters, O-H. And I said, well, uh, that means nothing to me. And uh, I, I looked up and there was Vance standing there. And I said, Vance, you're the historian. Does O-H mean anything? And Vance visibly shuddered. And he said, Josh. He said, the Sky Club 
where Gus Adler had his business was built by a man named O.C. Hamilton. <laughs> and, and he said, Hamilton is a mysterious figure. He says, I've researched this guy my whole life. And he says, he's very obscure. Uh, I've never brought him up. But he said, this guy, it's almost like he had a double life. Because when I start looking into his paper trail, it just kind of dies suddenly. And, uh, and that was it for that night. Well, Vance becomes obsessed with figuring out who is this O.C. Hamilton character. And listen to this, Joe. About 24 hours later, if that, Vance contacts me. He'd stayed up all night going back and revisiting this mystery of who was O.C. Hamilton. He called me and he said, Josh, I found the grave of O.C. Hamilton. And he goes, I want you to look at this picture I'm emailing you, and trust me, it's not a mistake. So I look at the picture, and here's a tombstone, but the tombstone says John J. Carroll. And I said to Vance, so are you telling me that O.C. Hamilton was actually a man named John J. Carroll? And he says, yeah. I said, okay, well, who the heck was John J. Carroll? Turns out John J. Carroll was a Catholic priest in Chicago, very well-known, beloved for over 30 years. And he fell in love with a woman named Kate Bailey. And, of course, that's a no-no. And when she became pregnant, John J. Carroll traveled to Asheville, assumed the false name of O.C. Hamilton, had a lot of money, uh, built this house for her to live in, told everybody he was a philanthropist and a real estate developer named O.C. Hamilton and led this double life and kept this secret for the rest of his life. And this was something absolutely unknown to mainstream historians. And, you know, the funny thing is, Joe, there's more to this story, but suddenly I realized, holy cow, this started with a property that used to be an old barbecue joint where spooky stuff was happening. That led to a seance that gave us two letters, O and H, and now we have discovered this huge scandal involving this Catholic priest. Uh, and this is all very well documented now that we know about it. And I thought to myself, man, he must have been the person who wanted to come through that night because it doesn't matter whether or not you or I believe in purgatory. If he believed in purgatory, and he had a guilty conscience, that fella may be stuck there in some kind of a purgatory, and he needed his story to be told. And this is an example, Joe, of how that it doesn't necessarily matter so much about the particular place and the particular time. It's the idea that that spirits are a, a pattern of information which can emerge under various circumstances at any place or at any time, because all those things are relevant, and we're finding this more and more as, as we try to realistically understand how, how spirits behave. You know, I wonder if uh, investigators in Chicago, uh, since he spent 30 years of his life there under his birth name, I wonder if they are also experiencing phenomena there with his life as a priest in Chicago, that would be interesting to find out. Then that could be a connection that, you know, 
as far as I know, it would be the first of its kind making that kind of a connection. Well, well, we'll listen to this. After we discovered this, the owner of the restaurant, and uh, I'll just use his first name, Tom, because uh, he, he, he is kind of a private guy. He, he contacted me and he said, okay, what have you found out? And I met with him and I told him this story up to this point that I've told you. And right when I was about to say the name John J. Carroll, his eyes got as big as saucers. And he said the name John J. Carroll at the same time. And I was like, what? How could you possibly know that? Nobody hmm. knows that. And he told me that, as it turns out, he had grown up part of his life in Chicago. And that uh, being a guy who develops restaurants, at some point several years ago, Al Capone's old hideout came up for sale. And he thought it would be a great place to, to buy and turn into a, a speakeasy. So he got for a while involved in this process of trying to buy Al Capone's old hideout. It didn't work out for him, but in the process, he got to know all these parties that were personally involved with Al Capone. And Al Capone's personal priest, who christened his children, was, yes, John J. Carroll. Now, that was unbeknownst to all of us when this process began, and it, I, I swear to you, it, it gives me cold chills right now just recounting that. Uh, that was a big, crazy moment to understand that this energy connected to this particular spirit was was connected to this property from the very beginning in ways that we didn't even see, we didn't even realize. And, and that's why, again, I, I always tell people what we're finding is that it's not like you go to a haunted place and you necessarily just find some spirit of a person who, uh, who, who, who died there. I mean, there are times where you go to a place and um, there's some kind of another, like a, a connection uh, that reveals itself through synchronicities that um, is the attempt that a spirit to, has to, to communicate with you. And so what we did was we had another event there at the restaurant where we publicly uh, acknowledged this story. We publicly forgave John J. Carroll for his uh, indiscretions, if you will, in life. We told him that it's okay to move on. Uh, I had a number of people from various spiritual disciplines come there and uh, essentially do a blessing and a clearing. And uh, since then, 90% of the activity ha has stopped. And so I think that a lot of what was happening there had something to do with O.C. Hamilton slash John J. Carroll. But I still think that Gus Adler's curious old spirit still kind of hanging out around there just to see how the restaurant goes but uh but you know th th there you have it uh there must be people I, i'm sure and maybe somebody listening to this show in chicago will hear this and say oh my god i have a whole other half of the story now and uh, and we'll get an even more uh, amazing revelation I, you know, I certainly hope so. I tell people all the time that uh, when people, you know, die here in this frame of reference, uh, 
and they drop their physical bodies, they're just as alive as they were moments before. The only difference between you know these two frames of reference is that they're no longer wearing a human form anymore. They're, they they still maintain their stories and their lives and their experiences. And whenever you contact these uh, spirits, they're still as human as they were. They're just not wearing what I call a meat suit, you know? <laughs> yeah. So can any place be haunted or, or is it just some places or, or you know, how, how does that work? Well, you know, when you when you start looking at it from this point of view, you realize that um, for a long time, uh, the most advanced physicists and scientists have been telling us that, that time and space are very relative and flexible things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so therefore, um, it, it's a mistake to apply any kind of a limitation to a spirit. And I think that's why you can say that a place can be haunted whether or not something of a dramatic and tragic and violent nature occurred there. And you also have individuals who can be haunted. Um, and, and so, yeah, any spot at any time can potentially experience a, uh, a paranormal manifestation. Uh, there is no reason whatsoever to restrict it or limit it and so I think it's, it's, we can say confidently now that what we're talking about is a more advanced view of what a ghost is. And That's uh, exactly and, my you know, thoughts, too. Yeah. We're going to cut to a break here for just a few seconds, and we'll be right back in a moment. Folks, we are talking to Joshua Warren, and you're listening to the World Beyond Radio Show. Stay tuned. We'll be right back in a second. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. I am Dr. Carl O'Helvey, founder-president of a new cancer foundation, 
focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. Wouldn't you love to know the secret to everything? Well then, meet Dr. Kimberly McGeorge and her cutting-edge breakthrough knowledge that combines science with possibility. Dr. Kimberly brings real-life answers and healing to those open to alternative solutions. She teaches solution-based programs and classes that will change all areas of your life forever. Specializing in conscious creation, intuitive readings, and energy medicine, you can rapidly shift health, relationships, business, and money and abundance challenges quickly. Receive her best-selling book, Secret to Everything, at no cost by going to secrettoeverything.com forward slash xzone. That's right. Transformation can start now. Just go to secrettoeverything.com forward slash xzone and receive Dr. Kimberly's book for free. Little children aren't the only ones afraid of the dark. Millions of soldiers return from war zones with PTSD, anger, frustration, fear, and loneliness, much of which surfaces during the darkness of the night. You have the chance to change the lives of these American heroes. Songs and Stories for Soldiers.us provides free MP3 players for these men and women. With a list of 3 million songs in 16 different styles, 100,000 audiobooks, and 30,000 old-time radio programs, every veteran can find something to soothe and comfort them at no cost. All our players contain an 8-hour audio program designed to help veterans fall asleep. With 1,500 plus vets now participating, it's our goal to deliver 10,000 audio players this year. Go to our website at songsandstoriesforsoldiers.us. Help us help a veteran make it through the night. You're listening to the X-Zone Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. Welcome back, folks. You are listening to the World Beyond Radio Show. Our show is produced and brought to you by the ever-expanding leader in New Age, Paranormal, Alternative Health, and Supernatural Programming, the X-Zone Broadcast Network, and Relmar McConnell Media Company at their corporate headquarters and master control in Ontario, Canada. To learn more about the world beyond, uh, your host, Joe Wegent, or to see the other amazing and exciting shows and uh, learn more about those hosts, please go to www.xzbn.net. To contact me to inquire, inquire about being a guest on the show or to learn more information, you can email me at Joe Wegent, that's Joe, W-E-I-G-A-N-T, at xzbn.net. Or for more information, you can visit my websites, paranormalpeace.com 
or Reiki Choice. That's R-E-I-K-I Choice.com. Our guest this hour is Joshua Warren. And you can see all of the amazing things that he has done and see his books and subscribe to his emails at Joshua P. Warren. That's W-A-R-R-E-N dot com. Joshua, when it comes to ghosts, why do you think that some spirits tend to hang around while others move along a little more rapidly? Well, you know, Joe, uh, you were talking, of course, about how um, how human that people continue to be even when they're disembodied. And if you start thinking about it from that point of view, you realize that um, if someone suddenly realizes that he or she is, well, we'll just call it dead, and, and I think it, it doesn't quite come across that same way when you actually die. I think it's a much more uh, interesting experience. But uh, when, when someone realizes he or she is is so-called dead and they get the opportunity to move on, if you will, to that tunnel of light, um, and of course it's a little bit different for everybody, uh, you, you have to think about that person's point of view regarding how he or she lived his or her life because if that person believes that it's possible that if they move on to that next bandwidth that there may be a god there who is going to judge them and possibly damn them to some lake of fire um well then that's a, a very scary thing. Now, it doesn't matter if that's the truth or not. What matters is what that person believes. And so if that person <laughs> believes that I'm about to possibly be judged, well, then obviously that person is probably going to delay that experience a little bit. Um, and so what you find is that a lot of these spirits that are hanging around are spirits of people who have a guilty conscience because they're worried about how they live their lives and whether or not they made the right decision. Uh, you also have people who are just very confused, uh, and, and this could be people who, um, let's say, died in a, in a war. I mean, for example, we have spirits from the Civil War, and uh, in the Civil War, I mean, those guys were just surrounded by smoke in the middle of a battle half the time. They couldn't even see what was going on. There were explosions happening all around them. Uh, their ears were buzzing. Their brains were being rattled. Many of those are still confused. And then you have children uh, who, who died before they were old enough to even really um, gain some understanding of what life and death is all about. So you have all these different sort of types of individuals who for one reason or another um, either choose specifically not to move on to some other bandwidth or, or they hang out for a while. And uh, you might think, well, gosh, when you die, you don't have a choice. Somebody's going to pop up there and drag you off to where you, you belong. But it doesn't seem to work that way. I mean, there's no rush. Uh, again, time, you know, what is time? It's a, it's a relative thing. And so there definitely is some period when, when an individual dies um, 
some period there when it seems like that individual can can choose whether or not to move to another bandwidth or, or stick around on this one. And and that's why so often we have these stories about ghosts or so-called ghosts that are um, are really kind of dark and, and, and dreary. And it's because that uh, I think the, the folks who are a little more enlightened, the Einsteins, the Mother Teresas, you know, the Edisons and all, uh, th- those are, are uh, spirits that are, are curious and, and uh, have a, a good feeling about what they did in life and, and they move on. Absolutely. I, I, I agree perfectly. And sometimes also it, because they become attached to things here on this world and uh, simply don't want to leave those things behind. So tell us about some of the inventions that you have uh, created here in your uh, years of investigations. Well, you know, a lot of the work that I've done in my laboratory uh, has been regarding uh, tulpas and manifestations. Um, you know, I have a museum in Asheville, North Carolina. And by the way, I'm joining you right now from Puerto Rico. Uh, I am the owner and director of the Bermuda Triangle Research Center here in Puerto Rico. And uh, I, it's sure nice to be in that position in the winter, I can tell you that. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, yeah. Uh, but, uh, but you know, in, in Asheville, I, I have the Asheville Mystery Museum, which is in the basement of the Asheville Masonic Temple. And I also have a laboratory there where we do experiments. And um, I'm very happy to say that uh, my team and I made the cover of a science journal in 2004 for some experiments we did reproducing natural plasmas, like, uh, for example, at Brown Mountain, side of the Brown Mountain Lights, uh, under a controlled setting. Um, And... But some of the stuff that I've done that I, I think is, uh, you know, really significant has to do with with, with manifesting, um, shall we say, thought forms into some kind of, uh, of an energy that others can actually experience. Uh, a, a lot of people, of course, know about the, the wishing machines um, that my, my team and I produce, which boy, that's a, a big, long conversation for perhaps another whole show. Um, but, but a lot of what I've done has been revolving, um, around experiments where we take some type of an object and we, we have a group of people focus on that object. Uh, and then we take another person who has been sort of sequestered, if you will, the whole time and uh, and we bring that person into the room where all these other folks were focusing on this object. And time after time after time, the person who was sequestered is able to actually tell us what this object was that everybody else was focusing on. And so I have a lot of different equipment that helps with that process. And uh, and again, you know, the wishing machines are, are, are part of that. Um, and these are devices that, you know, frankly, it sounds like the scam of the century. You know, it's like, oh, this is a box that'll make your wishes come true. Yeah, sure, you know. <laughs> and um, but but the the thing is, I bought my first wishing machine about 15 years ago, and uh, I bought it just because I like to I like to buy things and experiment with them. And uh, very quickly, it it started working for me. And I don't know if this is just some kind of an elaborate placebo 
but if it works, who cares? And so a lot of the work that I've done over the years has been about finding that relationship between matter and energy, how to materialize things. And yeah, if, if you want the old stuff, you know, the typical stuff like you know, money and better relationships and all that kind of thing, fine. But you can also use it to manifest and materialize ghosts, UFOs, paranormal phenomena. It all works the same way. It you know this um, the experiments that you're talking about about concentrating on a particular object and someone else can actually determine what that object was. That sounds an awful lot like the Philip experiment uh, in Toronto several uh, decades ago. Are you familiar with that? Oh yes, very yeah. much so. Yeah. yeah. So that that sounds an awful lot like um, like that particular experiment about uh, manifesting and creating things. Yeah, in fact, you know, uh, in 2012, uh, Warner Brothers released a major motion picture called The Apparition, and it was inspired by the Philip experiment, and they contacted me, the, the, the guy who wrote and directed the film, he contacted me and said, I would like to hire you to be a consultant for the movie, and... And the movie, it came out, and frankly, you know, it was kind of, it was an okay movie. But um, what they did was they sent a crew to my laboratory to actually shoot some experiments we were doing, trying to create topas, which is what, you know, those are usually called, these thought forms that take on some external independent existence. Mm -hmm. And if you get the Blu-ray version of this movie, um, the apparition, they have about uh, three little bonus videos there that show us in the lab working on this very thing. And uh, gosh, we had the most elaborate setup. Essentially, what we did is we took a subject and we had that subject concentrate on a little tiki doll. It could be anything, but in our case, we used a tiki doll. And we hooked her brain up um, to a brainwave monitor and then we amplified it to match the power of 500,000 people's brains. And then we hooked that into a kind of Tesla coil arrangement and we broadcast it for miles. That is, you know, I, I seriously want to have you back on the show so we can talk more about this particular subject. But we do have to uh, bring our show to a conclusion today. It has been just fascinating having you with us today, Joshua. Folks, you have been listening to the World Beyond Radio Show and our special guest, Joshua Warren. I am your host, Joe Wegent, and we will certainly be back again. Thank you for tuning in, folks, and have a great day. genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas. To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. 
Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. 